I just, I don't know. I just think people should watch more movies if that movie is like the best movie of all time to them. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That's maybe a little rude of me to say, but I'm leaving it in. I'm actually going to open up the podcast with that. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take that out of this part of the podcast. Yeah. Edit it out and open the podcast hard with you saying that. The and most pretentious no opening. No intro music. I can take it. No intro music, just silent. Like, I'm going to put the sound of a mic drop in after you do it. Like, ting. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I'm going to introduce you. <laughs> okay, Chris. Um... We just watched the trailer for The Little Mermaid, the official trailer for the live-action remake of the Walt Disney movies. Animated classic, shall yep. we say. Coming out this May. May. Uh, coming out around my birthday. Busy month because I'm going to be watching Fast and Furious then. So I don't have a lot of time for The Little Mermaid. Why did we watch it? We watched it because, well, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of things in this episode, but the CGI is fucking awful. And it just looks like a terrible movie. Everything's so dark. It looks lifeless. That's I, that's at least what I think about it. Okay. Okay. Daniel? Yeah, I'm, I don't know what else to add to that. Um, it's really interesting to see Disney just like tarnish their own legacy one movie at a time. Yeah. The last like 10 years. <laughs> I don't know why they're so, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not on board with this trend. Of- the reason why I brought this into the fold and I think to start this episode is because this is kind of what I think is, there's multiple things that I think are like making the MCU become stale and just not really, they're not pumping out hits anymore. And I think it's because the VFX artists have been pushed so to their limit. And it's not just with, with MCU projects, it's clearly with just all the Disney stuff. Well, my first reaction when I saw that, um, because I know that when you suggested we watch the trailer before we did the episode, I knew, and you said it was in regards to the VFX situation mm-hmm. with Marvel. I'm going to be honest, though. I thought the VFX looked fine. I mean, this is what I thought when I watched it. I was like, this looks like a Disney movie. Yes. In terms of, I, I, I do like how colorful uh, everything was underneath water. Um, and I think, like, everybody, like, the re- obviously, we watched it on your really nice television. Uh, but, like, I think the resolution looked nice. And I think, like, I, everyone was clear. And is that Javier Bardem as her dad? Yeah. I relate underwater fx two ways now so it's either going to be you go the black panther aquaman route uh, black panther 2 aquaman route or you go or now post avatar 2 if you're doing anything underneath water after avatar 2 you're kind of fucked like um in terms of <laughs> yeah how you're going to make a look let me pose this question then to you when in terms of visual effects and i said this when we did our avatar 2 episode did we do no we didn't do an avatar 2 episode did we yeah we yeah did. you and jason, um, okay. jason did. my thing about avatar 2 and vfx in general is avatar they took what 12 years to make that movie yeah, yeah. 12 years okay and you can see it in the movie because the vfx is arguably completely unparalleled like i don't think anything touches it in terms of now i'm not saying art design necessarily because i think that makes a huge difference but in terms of like <laughs> clarity and precision and what it's doing there's parts of Avatar 2 when you watch it, when when they flip to real live human beings in Avatar 2, it feels fake because that's how good the VFX yeah. is. When you see a human next to them, you're like, oh, that looks weird. So my my what I think's happening is it's proven that in order for them to really, really crunch and make that look really good 
it takes a lot longer than the system that Disney has in place to turn out these movies. And I think that's kind of what you're hinting at, is it? Yeah, it's they're just pushing them out to push them out. And I think that the, um, they have a 10-year plan, and the 10-year plan was to remake all their seminal films. And they're getting towards the end of that. But like Pinocchio's coming out. Did you did you guys know about that? How many Pinocchios have come out? A live-action Pinocchio. Either or it did come out. I don't care enough to look. I think it did, and it was... Didn't I think it went straight to Disney Plus? The one with Tom Hanks? Mm, yes, that one. Oh, really? Is that called? Wasn't that called like Geppetto? Oh, yeah. Isn't that the um? Or is it like yeah? Like why the Zemeckis. fuck are we Wasn't getting? It Zemeckis a, did that. Yeah, but like yeah. why the fuck are we getting a like Geppetto backstory movie? No, I thought maybe that came up because it was public domain, like Pinocchio. Oh yeah, I didn't know that was part of Disney's ten year reimagining their classics. Yeah. I thought it was just. Because it's public domain, they could put it out. Winnie the Pooh style. I mean, it all started with The Lion King not being their first. I think that was their first live action, was it not? Mm, Wasn't Aladdin before? No, no I Aladdin. Think, I think Aladdin. Aladdin's really bad. There, there were more others before that too. Oh, there was others before that. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, they've yeah. done yeah. a ton of them. Mm-hmm. None of them. I haven't seen it. I don't care to. Like I don't need. Yeah, to. yeah they're forgettable. They don't look good. Mm-hmm. They kind of use the same color palettes. It's just like a. Um, have they redone one hundred and one paste Dalmatians? Uh, well, they did. I mean, they did like in the yeah, 90s. In Those the 90s. are fun. But. They're fun with Jeff Daniels. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. fun. Um, um, and Glenn Close. She's great. It is. Yeah. Cruella. They movie. did the Cruella movie. Cruella with, movie. With yeah. That one actually was like, okay. I kind of I kind of like that too. But I haven't seen it. again, it's, like, it's all right. It's fun. Disney's whole strategy with like all of their properties and content right now just seems to be like giving every fucking like other minor character that was in the background of some movie you loved 20 years ago like their own fucking series or movie and like yeah like you said they just they just are cranking the shit out and the overall product is suffering i think yeah i think that's what it is i think it's if you have to be releasing on such a schedule the issue with them remaking their movies it, it, they can do whatever it doesn't bother me i mean they're printing money so it's clearly something's working for yeah. them yeah i think though it's a shame that we it's fragmented between the Pixar, which they own, mm-hmm. which is very much on its own schedule. Then you have the Disney animated movies, uh, CGI movies like um, Tangled or uh, Frozen and all of those movies. And then what really bums me out is I wish they were still making animated movies. Yeah. If they were going to do that, like give us new properties. Original. Yeah, new animated properties. Because I personally haven't grown up with animated features. No, I'm not a big animation guy, but I still love that, you know, like mm-hmm. hand-drawn style. Like, I, like that... I think it's a waste. I think it's, you know, but yeah. in terms of their schedule with the Marvel stuff and look at what they did to Star Wars. I mean, they essentially killed Star Wars yeah, um, because they were pumping Star Wars out and now they they took a chiller on that one, but they didn't take a chiller on the TV shows, which just seemed to be coming out and out. I think their business model of saturation is not helping them at all. Yeah, sometimes less is more. I agree. And I think it's personal for me because I grew up with the animated films. I watched mm-hmm. all of them. And I think about like kids that are watching these now and like it's a bastardization of these characters and these stories and they just look like shit. Yeah, they look really bad. It's like, like they cash don't grabs. really understand what or like they don't understand that there's more to those movies than just like the story and seeing that like redone in like a live action setting. Like Yeah. I don't know. I, I went and saw Snow White last year at the Bill Court, like on and at the theater. Mm-hmm. I forgot that even came it out. Was gorgeous like it was i had a oh, great the original yeah, yeah the original snow okay. white yeah yeah and it looked great like and i I love like 2d like can-drawn animation oh yeah um, totally uh 
we but lost I, again because i grew up we grew up with it so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. uh but yeah no one really does that anymore i mean outside of ghibli yeah studio ghibli we like the last oh when obviously we anime and all, all the rest of it manga anime whatever but ghibli being yeah like the last putting out feature length like they even did a CG one like two yeah. years ago. I think. And it's a lot of it's hybrid now too. So I yeah, don't know yeah. how much of it's actually being drawn on celluloid. Like it was all like painted, like negatives, like they were doing. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure nowadays it's streamlined. So you can do the same thing, but you it's all drawn digitally, mm-hmm. uh, but still hand drawn. It's just very interesting. Um, and I know it's extremely time consume, consuming, laborious process to make those movies. Case in point, when we watched Akira again the other day, like apparently Akira was a total nightmare to make um labor wise just like labor wise because they were doing more frames than regular animated features at the time so they had extra frames which is why it looks so good but also why that you're just adding all the things you have to draw keep adding and adding up it's a shame to see days and lose the way but at the same time i'm saying that and i'm thinking is it a shame that a a multi-billion dollar corporation is like i don't give a fuck like whatever you know what i mean i have fond memories of disney movies growing up i loved robin hood the animated movie was my favorite i've probably seen that more than any other disney movie and i liked them growing up but like in terms of like i'm not a disney adult i don't i'm not gonna go to the theme park and you know what i mean like cry when i see like so my loyalty to them is a brand i have zero loyalty to any brand really but we're gonna alienate our disney adult listener base. i know i don't know i don't know I don't think I have something, no, but I'm not exactly, I'm, I don't know if I'm hundred percent neutral on Disney adults. I kind of feel the same way about them as I do like Harry Potter adults, but Interesting. that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way about them as I feel about white nationalists. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, we're going to edit that out. That's a joke. I love Disney adults uh, and I'm not determined to ride this podcast into the ground. <laughs> okay. Well, Chris since you hear Daniel and I did briefly touch on the MCU and we did touch on Ant-Man, but now that we got you back and we're all together again, let's talk MCU because I know that you've spent some time prepping. So let's get into the MCU. We'll talk a bit about Ant-Man and then dear listener, um, I'm just going to give you a rough guide roadmap of what this episode is going to be as we move into more uncharted territories. Yeah, total bullshit. But, um, we are going to talk Creed 3 today, and we're going to talk Scream 6 also. Oh, yeah. So, um, but we're going to start off with the MCU. So, Chris, uh, thoughts? What, what, have you been, what have you been putting together for us? I had mentioned, I think, that what happens when it gets to, there's 39 movies, and you're expecting the viewer to watch all of these films and all of these TV shows to be able to understand everything. And it seems like, that was only two years ago that that has substantially ramped up and that is very much a reality of what the MCU is facing right now. I didn't think it would happen this quickly, but it's crazy. It is. Mm-hmm. Phase five. Phase five just started with Ant-Man Quantumania came out last month. Oh, so that's first of the first. Yes. Okay. There has been a lot of shuffling and moving around of things, but there are nine series that are in the works. Nine Disney Plus series. Just for this phase alone? No, just in general between oh. Phase 5 and 6. Oh, okay. Maybe up to 7. Phase 5, 6, and 7, we're just going to talk about it. Okay. Because there's a lot of moving parts. But there are nine series alone. There are two Avengers movies mm-hmm. that are supposed to be Kang Dynasty, May 2nd, 2025, and Avengers Secret War, November 7th, 2025, to round out and end Phase 7. There's no Phase 8 at the moment. When Infinity Saga was 2008, 
I think up to 2019. Okay. So almost a little bit over 10 years. Mm-hmm, yeah. This is about half, half of that. And they're trying to do the multiverse saga in about half that time. About half of the time. And they're realizing that a lot of their characters are not connecting with people. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about a lot of these new characters. Mm-hmm. The CGI is awful. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to pump out IP after IP after IP to, to create this interwoven connection of stories. And my big fear, because I'm sure people that are listening, either new or old, can either tell that I love the MCU and people that have listened before know that I it's very near and dear to my heart. To the point where the next person I date, I'm not going to show them the MCU until I'm, I'm ready. And I know that they're the one, <laughs> especially if they've seen it before. But yeah. Right. <laughs> so it saddens me. And it also frightens me that like this could be happening. And at the same time, there's a lot of room for it to change. I've seen there's a lot of changes. Like they've reshuffled a lot of these dates. Uh, as of today, but announced that, all of these series don't have a, a planned release date anymore. They've changed Armor Wars from being a show into a movie. They're going to start doing what's called special presentations to introduce new characters instead of having them a whole, give them a whole show or a movie. Like I've heard Mephisto is going to be introduced as well as uh, Silver Surfer. Wait, on a special presentation yeah. on the TV network? Yeah, but it's all speculation. Nothing is confirmed. Okay. Um, there's even... Uh, speculation that Secret Wars is going to be moved to 2028 and be split up into two movies. Ugh. And there will be a third movie called, it's either going to be Avengers Forever or Avengers Eternity Wars that will take place in between the two. Okay. Like, Silver Surfer is a, lot is a of pretty shit. big deal. I just think, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. and we can't say this about any other movie franchise, we can't say this about any other type of movie, if we're talking about things and we're talking about shit that's happening in 2028 and 2029, yeah. shit's out of control. Like, yeah. I don't want to be part of something that has a roadmap that long because if it has a roadmap that long, then everything that happens between then and whatever the supposed end of this map is, is filler. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's a good it, look at you have to go to the ending. So it's kind of like saying, hey, you want to you wanna join this book? Uh, and like We're all going to read it collectively but we're not going to tell you when the book ever ends. And then the book technically, you think it might end, but we're just going to keep pushing the ending of the book on, but we're all going to collectively keep reading it. I'll be like, nah, I don't want, I like, I want some, that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. We don't talk about sports that far out. We don't even talk (laughs) about politics that far out. Yeah. You know what I mean? In terms of what's happening politically, but for some reason we're, I I think they're in really deep trouble. Really, really big trouble. Yeah. I, I hear creatively. you on that. Maybe it's not financially, creatively. Creatively, I think, yeah. You know. I, I, I want, for me, I, I wouldn't mind a roadmap or a loose outline, mm-hmm. but I want it to not have the quality suffer, and I don't want them to make a movie just to fucking make a movie for the sake of connecting to the next movie after it. Yeah, They need to each be their own standalone films that can serve as a good movie, mm-hmm. a fun time, but also ex- explore the lore and expand upon it a little bit more, but not let that be the only reason that movie's being made. Do you think that they did a better job of masking that with the first phase, few phases that were essentially doing filler movies, but do you think they did a better job of masking that it was a filler movie as opposed to now it just seems to be blatantly filler movies? I'm, th- I'm thinking like Thor The Dark World. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking 
Because they had some stinkers early yes. on too. They did. But I feel like, or maybe they weren't trying to hide it. Maybe people just hadn't cottoned onto it yet because it hadn't gone yeah. on long enough. And I think now people are kind of like, all right, we get what you do. Has doing. it always been this Has way? Has it always been this way? Um, I don't know. I just think they got really lucky the first time through. And that like they got past some bad movies in the beginning and they course corrected. And then I, th- I think it's kind of a miracle that this like 30 film saga ever like came to fruition. And I don't know. Yeah, it just seems sort of, I mean, it's obviously greedy to try again, but like it just, I don't know. It's just, they've, they've run through all of the people that like I, as someone who's like casually into this and like casually like has a casual knowledge of like comics and stuff. Like they've, they've run through everyone that I know or would care to like really see. Not everyone, but um, I'm trying to think of some of this new stuff that's been announced. Like I have no idea what it is. I just I I think like a lot it was a lot of like right time right place mm-hmm. the first time through and like I just don't I just don't know that you can expect like a general public to like be interested to, to stay interested in this these kinds of things yeah like people's taste in movies like change and you know through as uh, throughout time and stuff like I feel like after I don't know like after nine eleven initially was when we got that that wave of like fantasy stuff like Harry Potter and like Lord of the Rings and like those kind of movies because people wanted to escape from like how horrifying real life was and like i feel like the mcu was a little bit of that but we were just kind of i don't know like i think people want i don't know just a different style of entertainment now i do anyway no i think you're right yeah like if you ever just figured if you ever just thought too that like collectively we've all kind of gotten burned out on cgi so like when we were talking about that little mermaid like you guys were both pretty much on the same and i hear people complain about the cgi and everything all of the time now and do you think maybe that we're just like collectively burned out on cgi full stop which might also tie back into the popularity of everything everywhere all at once in a sense that we've had these big juggernaut mainstream movies pumping cgi and and to the layman's eyes like unless you're really looking at it you could go back now and watch what remember that clash of the titans movie wrath of the titans when they came out it was that like 2008 or whatever those movies came out Mm mm-hmm in my opinion, when I see the CGI in that and then I see the CGI in Black Adam, I'm just kind of like, it's the same fucking, it, it hasn't moved. Like the needle hasn't moved at all. On It just looks like the same shit. And I wonder whether everybody's collectively feeling exhausted with it. And also everybody's kind of like nothing, it hasn't progressed. And it's still Unless it's not Avatar. making me feel, ex- exactly. And it's still not making me feel connected yeah. to this. And it hasn't gotten any better. And maybe and when a movie like Everything Everywhere All at Once comes out and everybody's like, oh my God, I love that movie. Almost no CGI in that movie. If it is, it's very subtle. Then think about Top Gun. Top Gun, I'm sure has CGI in, but at the same time, a lot of it looks so fucking practical because a lot of it is huge success. You know what I mean? People are like, oh my God, this looks amazing. It's thrilling. And it is thrilling. And if they are using CGI, they're, they're doing it in a way that it, I can't tell because everything looks real in that fucking movie with the exception of one or two things. So what else was big last year that was a big success, commercial success? Uh, Elvis was a big commercial success last last year. The Batman did well. The Batman you know, did well, but yeah. a counterpoint but, to this, but I mean, the Batman is also like a standalone story and exactly. it was like... And to be fair, limited CGI or reasonable amount of CGI. Yeah, pretty... well. Uh, Going like back to what I was saying, like it's very grounded in grounded. reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It didn't rely on a massive battle at the end with a dragon flying through space. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so maybe we've just kind of be all just became exhausted with it. I don't know. I say that though, and I fucking loved Avatar. I saw it like five times. I know, but it, 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 
But like it's, you can't compare. There's a difference. There's yeah. like that is like it's the kind of like noticeable there's, difference. There's a spectacle to that mm-hmm. that it just is not present in these Marvel movies anymore. Like mm-hmm. even like when this shit is hap, I don't, I don't. For me anyway, like when just any any of the action set pieces in Quantum Mania, I guess we will just yeah just roll into that a little bit. Um, I just I don't feel anything. There's no like yeah. I just there, there's no sense of like depth or like. Phys- like the characters being like physically present in like the space they're supposed mm-hmm. to be occupying mm-hmm. it just looks like flat and really stale and like there's no there's nothing dynamic about it yeah, at all sure. which is mm-hmm. crazy because it's it's supposed to be it's supposed to be dynamic and like a spectacle and, and it just yeah. isn't millions and of they're dollars clearly trying really hard to, to do this like for it to be a spectacle and it's just like they don't the the craft isn't there yeah I mean the last time I felt anything during a Marvel movie was No Way Home same probably and before even longer before that i think yeah but and if we talk about no way home because of the nostalgia where you have the reintroduction of the the two other spider-men mm-hmm. that movie the the fireworks in that movie was seeing those three actors on screen together not the cgi because yes. let's face it that end cgi fight on that fucking skyscraper just turns into mush too um him saving jumping down and saving mary jane um, which makes up for him not saving Gwen Stacy. Yep. Cathartic moment. The CGI element of it, though, was not, it's because you have characters you care about and an environment where you, like, yeah, like, it, it has, it has, like, emotional depth to it, that movie. Now, I'm not saying it's, like, it's not fucking, obviously, it, this is a, a level of it. It's, it's, it's still an MCU movie, but it does. Ant-Man, though, like, is anybody, does anybody give a shit, like really, really give a shit about like his relationship with the wasp or his relationship with it? You know what I mean? In terms of. It doesn't seem like they give a shit about no, his relationship with no, the wasp. No, She's basically written out of that movie. Yeah. So if you're not going to get me with the spectacle, because you can't get me with the spectacle anymore because I've seen so much of that bullshit, then it, how'd you get me? You get me with stakes. You, well, we know mm-hmm. there's no stakes because it's a Marvel movie. So you're not getting me there. And then all you get me on the feels and I can't have feels because it's just, you're like a tertiary character that's on his third sequel to a movie that most people didn't even really need in the first place. So you're not getting me on any level that a movie would normally drag me in on any kind of, um, or like a TV show or anything. You're not getting me on any of the levels that I need to feel like satiated to keep going with it. And that is across the board. This last phase, Eternals, I think is interesting, but it's not a good movie. I have a, I have a strong desire to rewatch that for some reason. I, I think I, Eternals is visually really cool. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think it is. And I think it's interesting. I just think it's interesting. I don't, I don't know I'll why. I will give it credit for at least trying to be visually different from the other yeah, Marvel 100%. movies. Yeah, 100%. It doesn't look like the other MCU movies. But not. again, like, I, did anyone give a fuck about the Eternals? No. No. Did, like, like, that's the no. thing is, like, I feel like these movies increasingly require like a previous knowledge of these characters before, before the movie to like even give kind of a shit like you're saying and, and it, which we lack, but it seems like even the people that do know about this stuff are, are starting to not like exactly yeah. like it too. Yeah. And, or, or do have this knowledge. Like yeah. They're coming into this with this knowledge and they're not mm-hmm. liking like how, or what's being depicted or how they're going about it. And I think that's, I mean, that's obviously a problem. No, 100%. I remember early on, on the run-up to like uh, Infinity War, Endgame, what have you. And I remember the discourse around like, people be like, oh yeah, but like all of this extra stuff happens in the comic books. And everyone was like, oh, that's so cool. Like they they have all these multiverses and like 
there's two different Captain Americas or whatever. And, and they go in like, I remember at the time everyone's like, oh, the possibilities, the possibilities, yes. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because of all of this stuff that they have in the comic book. In the back of my head, when I heard of all that stuff about the comic books, I was like, that sounds fucking miserable. I'm so pleased I don't follow comic books. No shade to anybody who does. <laughs> but I was like, that sounds like convoluted fucking garbage and nonsense to me. And now- But it works. But does it though? Because I feel Somehow. like if, it, if, if the Marvel MCU is starting with it by sheer volume, is starting to run alongside comic books and, and their sheer volume of stories, it's not working so, and, the, and there's a reason comic books are so niche and they are, they have to be. Again, I'm going to piss somebody off here, but like serious hardcore comic book readers, there's two types. There's people who collect comic books, which is like, you know, people who collect records, but don't listen to records. Mm -hmm. There's that element to it. And then there's, uh, there's people who are like super into the storylines. Okay. Those people, that's a very, very, very small market of people. People think it's bigger because of Comic-Con and people who want to dress up on Instagram in like cosplay costumes, but actual diehard comic book fans, it's a really, really niche market. So the thought that that would appeal to the mainstream, it, it's not appealing to the mainstream because they're trying it and the mainstream's like, no, I haven't got time for that shit. Like I haven't got time to invest in all of this stuff. Chill, chill out. And I think that's kind of what's happening. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I agree with a lot of what Scott's saying. I just, I think, I mean, I, I, we're talking about it the other day, but I think, I, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be the last one I go see. Oh yeah, yeah. that comes out in May too, doesn't it? And I think, yeah, maybe the last good one we get for a minute. Like, um, well, it's James Gunn's last one, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've noticed like, I also think that's a big deal. Sorry to cut you off, no, but no. Um, DC like swooping in and taking Gunn off of Marvel's hands I think, like, we'll see, obviously, but, like, 10 years from now, yeah, I think that that could potentially, like, end up being a big deal in terms of, like, whether DC is going to be successful rebooting their film franchise, which they're clearly, like, you know, throwing it all behind him to be the their Kevin, is it Feige? Mm -hmm. Feige, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. um, and then, because I, I think he's the most talented writer, director that they have, or they had in their stable. I agree. And now he won't be... Like, well, I, I don't know. I guess what his relation. I imagine he won't be working with Marvel past uh, Guardians. No, I'm sure there's like a yeah. competitive disclosure thing. Like, I'm well. In which case, how did he make Suicide Squad? Well, because he he got he booted got, from Marvel. Didn't remember he? when he got fired? Yeah, that's right. Because the people like dug up the old tweets of yeah, his. Okay. And then Disney rehired well, the him. cast of the Guardians. I think, but we're basically just like we're not going to make another Guardians movie unless you bring him back. So they had to bring him back. Yeah. And now he's going to DC. DC, very smart, actually seeing that opportunity to be like, all right, then let's snag him and use that to their you advantage. You hated Suicide Squad though, didn't you? Yeah, it's terrible. But <laughs> so my thing about yeah, that is, though, I agree. like, my thing about that is... is you it, hated it too? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's yeah. fucking atrocious. Like, not to... Okay, so I hear what you say, and not to be too contentious, but you were like, you think he's the most talented, right? I don't think that's true at all. Of the of the of MCU the, people, yeah. Look at the directors. I don't know if someone can bring this up or if I can. Ryan Coogler might be the most. I mean, yeah. If we think about like directors who've worked with the MCU recently, we have. Uh, I haven't seen Creed, but I think Coogler's um, overrated. Chloe, um, who did the Eternals? Who did Nomadland? Yeah. Um, what's her name? Uh, Chloe Zhao. Yeah, Chloe Zhao. We have Ryan Coogler, like you said, mm -hmm. who I think is supremely talented. Okay, well, I think Chloe Zhao is very talented, but she is not right for these type of movies. 
Okay then. So you're saying yeah, that I, people I should who are, clarify yeah, my statement. Talented, but also fitting to make. Yeah, I think James Gunn movies. knows how to work yeah. in this yeah. really okay. well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right with that. Now, if we're going to be really, really <laughs> critical about it, and we might as well be, he's made two Marvel movies Go out on. of like 39 million movies yeah. that Marvel put out. He's made, only well, made James two. Also made other good movies. Slither's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what's the one with Rain Wilson? Um, super, super. I, I like. Super. He made Bright, not Bright. He made uh, what's that? Brightburn. Brightburn. Yes, thank you. I didn't like that one that much. Did he direct that though? Or he just produced that. I think he just produced. No, he just produced. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. I'm gonna go out on the record and say I don't think he's that good of a filmmaker. <laughs> I, I mean, he's okay. Like, okay, Slither and thing are, 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 are decent, but are they? Anyway, anyway, that's regardless. He's made two MCU movies. The man wrote, he also wrote Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Oh, legend. Oh, okay. Um, we have... And Dawn of the Dead. He wrote Dawn of the Dead. There's Snyder the, the Snyder one, yeah. Yeah, the Snyder. <laughs> I, I love that. The Snyder verse. Yeah, I, I like that movie too. The Snyder verse, Dawn of the Dead. Okay, but Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Yeah. Are Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 the best MCU movies? No. I mean... I think 1's better than 2. Yes. I think 2 is the best MCU movie. I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is the best MCU movie. It's my personal favorite. I mean, I love Kurt Russell in it. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, I love him in that movie. Yeah. Oh, um, I love it. I, lo I just love... Wow. CGI is really good in that a lot movie, of division too. amongst us. I, I just love how... Uh, well, I love it because it's everything that these recent movies aren't, whereas, like, it's a standalone thing. It's not trying okay. to push... Okay, it, and it, also, it landed in the middle of, like, the Infinity Saga, like, picking up, but still yeah. didn't do really... It was There was not, no part of that story that mm -hmm. was, like dedicated to advancing that at all mm -hmm. um i felt like all of the characters had like really uh good arcs mm -hmm. uh I, I love the stuff with uh peter and Yon yondo Yalon. yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that was great uh yeah i don't know i think it's a great bit of it just shows that the mcu can do like really satisfying character work i think okay and that's I mean, why i like it a lot yeah it's like I a very contained movie and i yeah that treats it's like james gunn just has like so much love for those that group of characters and i think it really shows in that movie yeah i think he i think that's definitely true about james gunn that he has such an affinity and love for the art form and and for comic books and yeah i think he's a he's a great steal by them um yeah. dc did a great job in stealing him the proof is going to be in the pudding we'll see what they come up with next yeah i mean he, i'm far more excited for dc movies he's still got to deal with like warner brothers so like yeah, they're, exactly. they're still yeah, providing right. the financial backing for this so we'll yeah. see I was telling Chris when they announced that whole slate of like DC stuff he wants to do that I feel like at least a quarter of that's never going to see the light of day. Because they can't, yeah. Because they don't have unlimited pockets like Disney do. Yeah. Well, I mean, they lost God knows how much on Black Adam and Don't Worry Darling this <laughs> past year. <laughs> um, both maligned, much maligned um, movies. Don't Worry Darling, like this came up in conversation with me the other night and this is where the episode really starts now because we're just totally <laughs> off the fucking rails. Um, don't worry, Darling came up in conversation last night when I was driving to go see Everything Everywhere All at Once again um, with somebody who hasn't seen it. And they were talking about, you know, like all of the the hype and then the whole Florence Pugh situation and then the Olivia Wilde drama and all that stuff. I don't think that movie's as bad as people say it is. I really do not think that movie's as bad as people say it is. Like, it's almost become like even more vilified and, and people hate it even more now. And I, It's hip to hate it. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, 
that movie, it's not a bad movie. Is it a great movie? No. Is it a bad, bad, bad Scott, movie? It's no. a bad movie. It's, you think so? Yeah, it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie, but it's not awful compared to, it's not the Nickelback no. of movies. No, yeah. totally. It's definitely not no, the it's Nickelback not terrible. of movies. And no. I, was, I was entertained, but it, it's not a good movie. And also, Nickelback, it's hip to hate Nickelback. I don't think exactly, a, yeah. I don't think it's a good movie. It's <laughs> Is it hip to hate Nickelback? Yeah, I think they still sell a lot. You know, that really hurt their feelings, too. Like, they were just guys who were just like, you know, if you were a Nickelback and you're like, sweet, I'm really famous, and now I'm a fucking meme and a joke. Yeah, no everybody. one shits on Three I'd Doors Down. Yeah. Or, I'd uh, feel terrible. I'd be like, I'm just trying to be in a rock band with my mates. You people people shit on Seether. <laughs> Seether? I don't even know who they are. Puddle of Mud? What's that band, Puddle of Mud? Puddle of Mud, yeah. They did that show um, during the pandemic, and it was like a live in-studio thing, and the guy was... They did a cover of like Nirvana or something. Oh, the cover of a Battle Girl. Oh, oh yeah. my god, Oof. yeah. That's which is a cover in itself, but a cover of Nirvana covering a Battle Girl. Yeah, it is rough. Yeah, yeah. That guy's voice is shot. Wow, we really got off. Yeah, track. We did, yeah, we really <laughs> went off quick there. But no, I and I, I think I'm going to rewatch Don't Worry, Darling again soon, um, just to revisit it because I, I think I at the time when we did that episode on it, I was pretty positive on it. Then I still feel like I am. Yeah, I feel I've re listened to that one kind of recently, and that's what like, it gets a little heated between us for a second. Oh, it does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I don't think we're, I don't think any of us have the energy to get heated right now about anything. No, no. no. Um, okay, well, let's have a little look. Okay, so we've covered MCU. Does everybody want to put that horse to bed? Like, well, there's, there's a couple things I want to say. Okay, let's get it. Yeah. Let's do it. I think they might have another trick or two up their sleeve. I just want to know if it's going to be sustainable because I think what the MCU you did was create this idea of there can be a market and there could be a system in place for connected stories and a connected universe. And now everybody wants to try their hand at it. Like remember, um, what was it? Universal's dark verse with like the mummy. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, um, it was going to be a uh, Dracula, the Dracula mummy. and then Wolfman. They were going to do Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Like the universal yeah. monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, but now with There's Deadpool 3 coming out and being confirmed as being R-rated and Blade having a lot of rewrites because Mahershala Ali is like actually being able to like have more of a say in the film. I don't know exactly to what degree, but apparently he is asking for a lot of rewrites and a lot of script changes. Okay. Uh, just to add on to that, I, th yeah. I read something today on Twitter that apparently he was like really pissed because they're doing the same shit they always do where they try to shoehorn all this other bullshit mm -hmm. and he was not about it and Good. like um and i guess that's why production has been so troubled is because he's like pushing back against a lot of it and like apparently what's the what's john snow's actor's name uh kid harrington yeah his he apparently he was supposed to have a bigger role black knight as that black knight which they tease at the end of eternals oh that's right but yeah. he is apparently he's been mostly like cut out of the blade Good, movie now he's fucking terrible because uh, uh, apparently because uh, ali was just like no. yeah no this is like my movie <laughs> this is let's make a blade movie like how how hard just make a movie with that dude killing vampires for two hours they how hard already is that do it, it was right. amazing like when Wesley Snipes said yeah yeah think about it from his point of view too like i can't speak for him but like I'm a black actor who's getting to play a title character mm -hmm. in a Marvel movie mm -hmm. that's like a badass, super cool black character. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I have to give up 45 minutes of my movie so you can put Jon Snow for fucking Game of Thrones in it <laughs> as like some knight. Mm -hmm. And like you, and like I can't just be Blade in my movie, and I've got to have this fucking like this dude hanging out. Like, like yeah. not only is he not fit enough to share the screen 
with him as an actor because yes. he's not. He's not even fit enough to kiss his boots. And now you could, we're going to have to like screw around with the the white knight or whatever he's called. Black knight. The black knight. <laughs> but Come he's on. the white guy being yeah, the black. Yeah, no, no. He Good for him. Good for him. Like he should fight that as much as he possibly can. He should, honestly, he should probably just get out of it altogether though. But yeah, uh, I wish he would, but... No, no, no. I mean, I just, I don't, I do want to see him as Blade. I, because I know he would kill it. But I just feel, I don't know. And it, it is encouraging that he was able to talk them back. Yeah. But, like, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't. To make a, a cool Blade movie with and make it R rated. And start to just do more good standalone films. Well, I, I think that, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. And I'm saying this as someone who's not like super invested in this, but they, they have to break out of, they have to develop or at least allow different visual styles. I feel like to be developed, mm -hmm. which yep. is, that is the thing that has always bugged me about these movies mm -hmm. is like comics, art styles are so varied. Yes. Mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. artists. None of yeah. that is present in yep. this. And like we've become, we've gone to different fucking universes yeah. now and they mm -hmm. all look the fucking same mm -hmm. over like, 30 movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and they all look the fucking same. Yeah. yeah, they do. Let's, let's get away from this. Like, color grading i don't know, just let 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 artists like make art instead of like yeah this homogenized just like product that you keep cranking out that's why when you see the end of the spider-verse trailer you're like holy shit yeah it just looks it look i mean the first one was incredible and when i first saw that in, it's into the spider-verse is the first one isn't it when i saw it in this movie theater all i could think of in my head was this is exactly what the MCU should be doing. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like, I was like, this looks incredible and it's bold and it's visual and it's goofy. And like, they're just throwing everything at it. And I'm like, it's a, yeah, if we're doing comic, like, why can't you be a bit more like, yeah. Why does it have to be so bland and cookie cutter? And like, and I love that point. That's a really good point. They have different artists for different runs of different comic books and they swap them out. Like all the time. Yeah. Like and they all have their totally unique visual styles. All of these artists and you get none of that or shit even when just it comes like, to the movies. Just, just, that, just, just variety at all. Like, different kinds of stories, too. Mm -hmm. We don't need, like, I don't know. In a way, DC th there's just, there, there, has, there has to be multiple ways to, like, tell these stories. And so, like, I don't want to sit through, like... <laughs> what, is it 2028 is when the... Yeah. Like, end supposedly. Of, supposedly, yeah, like, I don't want to sit through yeah. six years of, like, um, you know, heroes finding themselves. I do. But I want it to be good, and I want it to be emotionally driven, and I don't want it to just be these action set pieces with the well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, CGI, I want, or I want the CGI to be really good. I, I don't want the same thing. I, I just don't want it like a repeat of this, like yeah. you know, yeah, for sure. Finding out I'm a superhero, like, like there's thing. still some huge like stories that get. have not been told yet, and I'd love to see them live action. But I don't know if we can have both, where we can have good films that don't serve as a fucking commercial for the bigger picture, or have bigger picture films that are still good but also very interwoven and connected and create the bigger story like quantum mania to me was a goddamn commercial for the rest this is actually yeah. what we're doing for phase five six and mm -hmm. seven yeah. you guys were wondering what we're doing here's kang he's in for 45 minutes he's gonna feel like he's from a whole different movie tone wise doesn't fit at all he's gonna be amazing jonathan major's gonna be amazing it's kang but this is what's coming guys get ready this is what's coming yeah like eight it's the the whole reason that movie exists is to introduce him. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't. Which, yeah, there's no reason for Ant Man to be involved other than no. He keeps getting stuck in the quantum realm. Um, they, they dropped the ball on something, so there's gonna be some spoilers here. So if you haven't seen Quantum Mania, I would turn this off if you haven't already, because we're not talking really about anything. <laughs> <laughs> but the trailer, the trailer, man, 
they they spun it like Kang was like, "You've lost a lot of time, Scott Lang. I can help you get that back." Mm-hmm. And I thought that they were gonna go the angle of, "Okay, he lost five years with Cassie, and Kang is gonna be like, you know what? I can manipulate time and give you that time back." Colin's daughter. Yeah, um, yeah, which they do. Not but really. I mean, oh, it's literally, it's one scene and like yeah. one line that Kang has. And then they never like revisit that again. That's not the whole like premise of the film. It would have been really cool if he was like. Well, but well, also in order for that to work, they needed to have like depicted Scott and his daughter's relationship as being like fractured at all. Yeah. Fractured at all, which they don't really do. No, they just change her character completely and recast her, which really sucks for the woman that played her in Endgame. <laughs> yeah. She found out that she was recast when they when they had not dropped the casting for Ant Man Quantumania. and then she's like, "Oh, I'm not in it, I guess." And oh tweeted, wow! Tweeted about that. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't even realize. Oh yeah, wow. Um, that sucks. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out. And I'm sure we'll keep covering Marvel movies. We're gonna. We. I mean, I'm still gonna see them. I'm less likely to rush out of the theater to see him than I was. I yeah. mean, I, I still haven't seen Ant Man yet, which is wild because I see almost everything like opening weekend. I, I will get around. I'm just waiting for them to drop it on Disney Plus. For sure. I think um, now that it's not going to be in any of the screens that I want to see it in, like I'm not going to get to see it on a Dolby screen. I'm not going to get it. And if it's a big, big blockbuster movie, I like to see it on a good screen. So. You're not missing out. It looks like it's going to be awesome. No, but yeah, you know, I thankfully mean, we have Sony's Spider Verse. I honestly Spider don't Man know that Universe. a bigger, a bigger, better screen would have helped that movie. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. maybe not. Maybe not. I just I like popcorn movies on big screens. You know. Oh yeah, no. um, definitely. Regardless, speaking of uh, movies on big screens, so we're gonna veer it away from it slightly yeah. now. That was a joke I made, by the way, about the Spider Verse. Did we miss it? Yeah, yeah. I well, said thankfully we have the Sony live action Spider Man universe, which has Morbius, <laughs> Craven. Uh, Madam oh, Web yeah. and, and Craven uh, is uh, Muerto all coming Muerto? out. Muerto? Yeah, and then the Venom 3, whatever Venom 3 is. So Bad Bunny's playing Let me Muerto. for that. Not the rest of the shit, but Wait, Venom Bad 3. Bunny's play? Oh, bloody hell. But, okay. but that was a joke. We don't need to go into that. No, well, actually, can we just touch on it a second? Though? Sure, because, yeah. Because <laughs> um, Madam Web is going to be Dakota Johnson, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. I thought it was Sydney Sweeney. Uh, yeah, and Dakota Johnson. Yeah, Dakota oh. Johnson's Madam Web and Sydney Sweeney's some other rando in it, like who I don't know. But oh, that's a definite must-watch for me because I'm in love with Dakota Johnson. So, like, yeah. it's totally fine. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, so super excited for that. The Craven movie. Craven is that Aaron Taylor Johnson mm -hmm. is from? Yep. Who I think is probably the most boring actor on the face of God's earth. <laughs> so that's incredible. So they our next James Bond. Yeah. Oh no. yeah. That's apparently, more, isn't it? No. Apparently he is. Yeah. Cause uh, Bob, Barbara Broccoli met with him and, and like yeah. loved him. Yeah, Ugh, gross. Sucks. Anyway, he was good in kick ass. Kind of. Was he? It was like 10 oh. years ago. Yeah. He was better when he was younger. He was, he's good in that John Lennon movie where he plays young John Lennon. Actually, I don't think he's, have you seen nocturnal animals? Yeah. But a long time ago. He's terrifying in that. Okay, so he, he was okay. Well, to, I'll I'll reel it back a bit on him. He might be all right. You know he's gonna. You know this Craven's gonna be. You know this. Did you see pictures from the set of him on Craven? No. He, I mean, fucking hell, looks absolutely. You can't do terrible. any of this without Spider Man. That's where I'm yeah. at. Oh yeah, like, I don't care. Like, what are we doing? Why I don't want to see Craven unless he's hunting Spider Man. Yeah. Are they making a Morbius sequel? Maybe. Oh god, god, I fucking up. Right now, these are the only projects announced, and right now we need Morbius because. It is so bad. It's like at least we can all get behind how good it is because it's bad. Yeah, Craven. I Craven. I. Who else is going to be in that movie? I don't Craven? know because who's going to go and see that movie? Like, I mean, he can't lead I a movie. Tom Hardy and Venom will be in it. 
The, uh, are these not going to be connected at all? Tom Hardy needs be to like get the hell out of this. He needs to get out now. Oh, I like the. There's, there's I a lot Venom. of rumors, guys, and we could go down this rabbit hole. You guys didn't like Venom too. Let there be carnage. Uh, it's terrible, but I like Tom Hardy a lot. Like, there's some rumors that they're going to take characters from the Spider Verse animated movie and bring in McGuire and Garfield and Holland and do a Spider Get In way down the road. What? Okay, yeah, okay. We may have <laughs> we may have opened Pandora's box here. We yeah. may be going too far down the rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah. We're gonna save this. We're gonna pull it back because I think that our three listeners who are left <laughs> might be kind of pissed if we go down that road. There's only one thing I want to note though for this is mm-hmm. that Sony's required to make a Spider-Man film every three years or they lose the rights. So there's gonna be one coming out in 2024. Yeah, okay. Which one's that? Probably Spider-Man Four, but it's just like at this point, is like, that going to be tied? You have, have a MCU small window. Stuff? You have to make something every three right. years. At what point are you just going to make something just to fucking make it? Oh well, yeah. I mean, like case in point, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they just made it just to fucking keep it right. So let's go to Creed Three. Okay, Creed Three, and the reason I was trying to segue it before before I got sidetracked with Dakota Johnson is talking about seeing movies on big screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to say Creed Three in IMAX. Um, now filmed for IMAX using specific cameras that I guess was the first time. They'd use those specific cameras to for the sparring, uh, yeah. the actual fights, the combat or whatever you would have it. And I just want to talk about Creed 3 for a little bit because yeah. I don't think many people are talking about it. And I, I, there's a few things. You, you might know this. There's a Dragon Ball Z reference in this, which I had no idea what it was, which I think is fun and cute. But in terms of a movie, Creed 1 came out. I had very little desire to see Creed 1. I, I very much burned out on... I, I love Rocky movies. Grew up with Rocky movies. I, mm-hmm. I love the Rocky movies. Um, I would watch Rocky 3. I've probably seen Rocky 3 like 25 times when I was growing up. Uh, Rocky 4 I've seen a ton of times. 5 I've seen a bunch of times. So just growing up with the character and I like boxing movies. I mm-hmm. I don't think there's a boxing movie that I don't like. I think I've seen pretty much every major boxing movie. I like all of them all the way through from like Rage and Bull, Cinderella Man, like all the way across. Huge fan. Um, Cinderella Man's really solid. Yeah, right. Totally. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal has a really good one too, um, which is... Isn't that... It's like an MMA one though, right? No, that's boxing. Oh. He has a boxing movie that's really good. I forgot the name of his off the top of my head. Anyway, so growing up loving boxing movies, I was a little... I, I was a little burnt out, so I didn't see Creed on release. I, I rented Creed. I didn't mm-hmm. watch it in the movie theater. Fell in love with that movie uh, uh, like immediately. Um, I actually listened to a really interesting interview with a guy for NPR and he was a guy from, I guess the Creed set in Philadelphia. Yeah, it is Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So he was talking about his reaction to seeing Creed at the movie theater, being that Ryan Coogler directed it and him as a black man who grew up in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and how uh, there was so many callbacks to like the neighborhoods and how accurate it was and like how like people's vibe was very, very similar to how it is where he grew up. And it got me really interested and really excited. I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And mm-hmm. I watched it and I loved it. I've, I think it's, it, it has a heartbeat, that movie. It's really good. And I love how they managed to f- find a way to bring Sylvester Sloan to carry that character over in a way that felt really, really tasteful and really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting development for his character to go through his arc, ultimately leading into uh, Adonis Creed's arc. Yeah. Which and I not, was great. Not just having him there for the sake of like exactly, yeah. Having him there. Like yeah. it was well written and his relationship with um Adonis is really good and really touching. And he's how he's been forced into like a father mentorship mentorship mm-hmm. type of tri- uh, which he, he doesn't he's not prepared for and he's not really capable of dealing mm-hmm. with, being that he has issues with his own son and what have you. I think it's really, really good, really clever. Um going into Creed two, I was eagerly anticipating that and I and I enjoyed Creed two, but Creed two for me 
was when obviously you had Ivan Drago's son came back. Uh, not came back, but he was he's fighting. Um, so we're going into the and Drago too, right? Yes. Um, and and for me, I still really enjoyed it, but it was starting to feel like okay, I know what we do. You know what I mean? It, it felt less exciting than the first one. Mm-hmm. Felt less original. It felt less fresh because it was like okay, we're just going through these like we're going to kind of retread Rocky stories, but we're going to do it through Creed. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and Kugler didn't direct two, I believe, two because he was a, he did Black Panther. Mm. So I'm not sure who directed two. So going into three, I was always going to see it because I like boxing movies, but I wasn't as hyped. But I'm God, am I pleased I went to see it in the movie theater? And I'm really pleased I saw it in IMAX because there is some things. And Daniel, do you mind if I say any spoilers? No. Okay. It's it, it, not too big a spoiler. I mean, it's a it's a sports movie. It's the same story in all these movies. Yeah. Um, two things I think are really good. I think Jonathan Major's introduction as Dame Anderson, the uh, antagonist, Jonathan Major's is just such a wonderful actor. And, and like for me right now, he's my favorite working actor, like hands down. And I'm kind of obsessed with him. And I think he's just, he's doing these things that I told Daniel about this the other day. In Creed 3, his body language is incredible. The way he moves, he moves like so awkwardly and so we and like even the way like you'll turn around mm-hmm. he just does things and it's like he reminds me a little bit of he reminds me a little bit of robert de niro and cape fear where he feels very unpredictable de niro and cape fear and jonathan majors feels really unpredictable even before he has his heel turn because we know he's the heel and we yeah. know that they're set up and we know he's going to turn because we've seen the trailers mm-hmm. but there's a, a, at a midpoint in the movie where he shows his cards he flips and then he'll he flips from being like is this guy a dick to like, oh, this guy's definitely a dick. Yeah. And like his reveal, even though you know it's coming, he's making decisions like even then where it's like, it's just fascinating the way he does them because he feels really fucking unpredictable like the whole time. And um, as much as I like Michael B. Jordan, I think Michael B. Jordan's a talent and he did direct this movie. And I think we'll get into that too. I think he did a really good job. But in terms of Michael B. Jordan, when he's acting alongside Majors, can't, can't hold up to him. <laughs> yeah. He can't, he can't stand up to him. Majors is the star for sure. And yeah, totally. And you can see the talent, like, and that's no shit to Jordan because I think he's a good actor, but he's just not, he's not equipped to deal with Jonathan Majors at all. And because, and the reason being is because the whole movie, I'm far more interested in watching him. I've kind of less and less interest in Adonis's character or like uh, B. Jordan's character becomes less and less interesting and less and less dynamic because yeah. there's somebody so much more dynamic next to him. Now, he's got a, just a real presence. I mean, even oh, not yeah. having seen the movie, just he, that he brings to every Oh, thing, he's, like, he's superb in this movie. And he, I feel like, the, uh, I don't know, we don't really see that much anymore in like no. leading, yeah. leading men. Uh, it's, it's, it's noticeable. So another thing I think is really cool, so they make some, re- like, okay, so the ultimate showdown between uh, Damon Adonis is in... Um, Dodgers baseball stadium, I guess yeah. it is. Um, cause it's the battle of Los Angeles. Cause they're both Los Angeles, like local home, homeboy kids, like mm-hmm. homegrown kids that come up. You can tell the budgetary restrictions. So it's very CGI, the crowd and which is fine. Like I can deal with that, but, and I don't know if they did this knowingly, but they do this really cool thing where the fight really is about two best friends who grew up together. And it's a fight between two friends. It's two friends who can't forgive one who feels guilt and the other one who feels like he's been wronged and they're both kind of wrong for feeling the way they feel, but they can't communicate with each other because they're two men who grew up and, and have no way of like communicating. Like, yeah. I felt like you abandoned me. And then him being like, Hey, I felt like I abandoned you, but I just didn't know how to deal with the fact that I did. So I couldn't apologize. And I haven't apologized. And it's like very like 
but bros, like the way bros can't communicate with each other. I'll just talk about their feelings. <laughs> so that's really what the fight's about. And what's beautiful is they do this thing where so they have this big climactic battle as they do. And I think the, the choreography is good and like it, it's very visceral the way the camera moves and it, and it do some really cool stuff. But in terms of like the choreography of the fight being like a, a, as an arc, it's not that dramatic because you kind of know who has to win. Yeah. But um, they do this really cool thing where because it's all CGI, they just drop out the crowd. And it just goes to them two in the ring. They're the and, only ones that mattered in that moment. Yeah, and it's really cool that. because I haven't seen a, a big boxing movie do that. And then because um, Dame's character... Uh, that sounds really sick, actually. He is an ex-convict. He just came out of prison. Yeah. Um, they do this really cool thing where the ropes turn into prison bars. And then and so he's fighting them up against the prison bars and it's like he's knocking them back into prison. He's fighting his way out of prison. Mm -hmm. And it's really fucking cool. Isn't it cool? It's yeah. super cool. And like the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, that's really awesome. And then it does something which I think is even better is the the climax of the movie, the real the real climax of the movie doesn't take place in the ring. It's post the ring, post when Adonis wins because you know he has to win. He's at a party with all of his friends celebrating and Dame is back in his changing room and everybody's abandoned because he just came out of prison and he's like roast the top, but he doesn't have, he's never built up, he doesn't have a support system because he came out, but he doesn't have anybody. Yeah. The only person he has is Adonis and Adonis goes to him and sits in that empty changing room, locker room, and they sit down and they start talking and they both start to cry. And he's like, I just wanted to say, I'm really, so I'm really sorry that I abandoned you. And then in in Mages, he forgives him, and he turns around, and he goes, um, "It's okay. It's actually not your fault. It's like I like, it's actually you didn't you didn't do anything. Like and like, I've just been struggling to deal with this fucking anger that I feel at the world, and I channeled it into you because I felt like I was wrong. That I felt like I'm a future against you. And that's the big fight at the end of the movie, and that's the resolution. That, and I love the fact that they give those two men that opportunity to be vulnerable with each other and, and to talk about each other and like talk about their feelings at the end of a boxing movie. And I think that's mm -hmm. super fucking cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I cannot recommend that movie highly enough. Chris, did you have anything that you wanted to add to it? Cause I know you saw it. No, yeah, I was very, very pleased with it. Yeah. Um, I just thought the way it was filmed, I saw it in IMAX as well. Mm -hmm. Just beautifully shot. And I love the soundtrack, but yeah, it's um, great. I really like the ending of that and, and hearing you say it like that kind of changes how I view it as well because I had never really thought about that. I knew it was a movie about film or about friendships. I actually looked over to Mackenzie I saw with her. I was like, is this another movie about friendships? Because it's no secret I've had my fair share yeah. of friendship issues and a lot of movies I've seen lately have been about friendships and <laughs> friendships ending. And I was like, mm -hmm. damn it, another one? Yeah. All right, here we go. Yeah. But I think it was a beautiful movie and I wish it had been a little bit longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a minute, or it was an hour and 54 minutes long. Yeah, I was tight, yeah. I wish it had been like maybe 20 minutes longer because what I really wish we would have seen is more of Dame's progression. Mm -hmm. Like he wins that one heavyweight uh, title fight. And then his turn happens immediately. Uh, yeah, yeah, instead of like maybe what if he starts popping up on billboards around and starts doing being in commercials and has mm -hmm. more of like a presence. And people Always see him fight somebody else. Start, too, yeah, yeah, see him fight a couple more people yeah. before the big fight. Uh-huh. And then my second, but I love that the only way that Adonis knows how to solve problems is to fight. Yep. Mm -hmm. And in the end, he learned, maybe I could just communicate. Yeah. I love it. I love that. And I think that's true. And like, also I think it would be cool to see Damon prison more. Mm -hmm. 
um, to really, because we, we 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 know that Adonis is rich, and it starts, it opens in the opening scene when when we see Adonis for the first time, he's in that fucking fabulous LA mansion with like an infinity pool and all that shit. Yeah. So we get to see his trappings of wealth, but like it would be kind of fun to spend a little bit more time in that like halfway shelter that he's staying at when Dame's staying at when he gets out of prison. Just the juxtaposition of it. his socks in the yeah. sink and like just to really like live a little bit with Dame. I think would be good, mm-hmm. but yeah, I can't. I, I, I'm so, I'm so excited for you to see it. Yeah. And I feel like we, I know we spoil a lot of shit, no, but I mean, it's I not really that much of a spoiler because in terms of, I honestly, well, not that like this is unmemorable to me, but mm-hmm. I will probably not like when I sit down to actually you'll watch probably, a movie. Yeah, I doubt yeah, I'll yeah, even think about it. Enjoy it. Uh, yeah. It does do another cool thing, which I like, which is a carryover from the previous uh, two movies. So Tessa Thompson, who plays his uh, now wife, his love interest uh, in the first movie. She has a degenerative hearing um, mm-hmm. uh, disease, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and she's a performer. She's a singer and a songwriter. And like, as when we first introduced you, we we see her like using different techniques to like hear the bass of the music. And that's very much a Kugler thing. So like to like stay in tune with the music, she'll like, like feel the vibrations and she's trying to deal battle with her loss of hearing. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, they end up having a kid and now the kid is born with that hearing loss, but I guess it's already uh, uh, accelerated because it must be like passed down. Yeah. So what's really cool about the third movie is there's a lot of signing in it. Like a, a lot. lot of signing. Almost whole scenes that are signed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool too. I think that's a thing that I, you don't really see in movies a lot. And I think that's really cool how they really double down on it, really like invested in that as, as part of this world and part of these characters' lives. Yeah. Is the sign in. I think that's really cool because most other movies might look that over. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like kind of brush it off as not being that thing that you need to like talk about that much. But I think that's really cool. I love that they did that. Yeah. I kind of want to go back to talking about Majors a little bit because okay. he has another movie coming out called Magazine Dreams. Mm-hmm. You heard of it? Word is I heard. Only thing I heard about Magazine Dreams is that he is meant to be incredible. That's what I've heard. And he's yeah. a bodybuilder. Okay. And I'm, I'm wondering is this his physique for now? And is he going to do a lot of roles that are requiring this kind of physique? Cause he is ripped. He is shredded yeah. and he used to not be that way. Like you go back to the last black man in San Francisco and other films around that time, he was a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm wondering if this is, is if he's taking on these roles now cause he has physique or if this is just what's his plan is to continue to, to embody this kind of physicality because it is imposing when he, is this large on film. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably what it is, Chris. I think he probably signed on for Creed, uh, had to work out, well, signed on for MCU, so he had to work out. Kang. Like, Kang. For like so six, seven years. he signed on years. for all these movies, and he's probably like, well, I've got to get in crazy big shapes. So yeah. What other roles could I do that like I, I, I can work with this physique for, yeah. with? And then, yeah, but I like the word is that Magazine Dreams is like, he's like, it's like, it's like Oscar, no, I'm good at it. Mm. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. I have no idea what it's about. I haven't seen a trailer, haven't read a synopsis, and I'm going to try and keep it that way as long as I can. I couldn't find a trailer. Oh, good. I think it was good. at Sundance for right now. But what I did find interesting is that he doesn't watch his, his films. He doesn't? No. He mentioned that. He said, it's not my business. Legend. He just cares about the process. Legend. <laughs> it's not my business. That's kind of like me in this podcast. It's not my business. That's why <laughs> That's I don't crazy. even post it anymore and I don't listen back to it. <laughs> no, I do. Obviously, I do. <laughs> I like that though. I like that. He just seems like a really cool guy. Yeah. Like I just, I find him very fascinating and um, dynamic and interesting. I'm very excited to see what he does going forward. I think he could stick around for quite some time. Oh yeah. He's I'm been sure. around, but now he's like becoming more like a household name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, 
not to like toot my own horn here, but I remember after watching him in the last black man in San Francisco, I was like, this dude's going to be big. Like, yeah. I just, you could just tell. Mm-hmm. Very deservedly so. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to watch his ascension and see where he goes in the future, see what he does, see how many Marvel movies he does. And, um, I'm very excited for that. You want to talk about Scream 6? Because we did uh, talk about I, it on the last episode. Yeah, I think but, I'm the only one that's seen it though, right? Yeah, but I mean, where do you stand for spoilers on Scream 6? Mm. Oh, I, I don't give I a don't, fuck. But you what? might give a fuck about spoilers yeah. from Scream, Scream 6. I can step out of the room. Well, can you can can you give me can you give me and Chris your review of Scream Six as we knew see without spoilers? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I actually yeah, yeah I don't want any spoilers. I wanted to Let's, see it. I didn't care yeah. much for Scream Five, but something about Scream Six stuck out to me as being more interesting. What were your issues with Five? I've never been a huge Scream fan. To be mm-hmm. okay, though we talked about that on the last episode. Where I feel like no one is really a huge Scream fan. I've met a couple, but. Not many. Scream heads? Yeah, some scream heads. Some screamies. I like to call them screamies. Screamies? (laughs) But it just kind of feels formulaic and they, oh, somebody else embodying Ghostface's identity and who is it? It's it's Scooby-Doo, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I guess in those terms, it's certainly another scream movie. Um, Okay, I figured, yeah. uh, Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really do anything to change the formula up, but... uh, I don't know. I'm still working out how I feel about it, honestly. I had fun and I enjoyed watching it, but I feel like the more I sit with it, the less I like. Oh, like, spoil it for me. It. No, I'm not going to spoil it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm not going to spoil it. No. Well, p- plus he's also going to have to say things that like it are going to be in relation to whichever character is the person who's doing the killing. Yeah. And honestly, it gets like pretty convoluted compli- at I was point, say it's pretty, but it would be it's really hard get convoluted to, to spoil it anyway, I suppose. Can I ask you this though? Yeah. And I don't know if this is why you might have been interested in Scream Six and not so much in the previous ones. Mm-hmm. And this has got this is one thing that I really liked about the trailer is I like the location because all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm on a subway right now. Like, oh yeah, we're that, in New York City. That definitely City, interested me. Yes, so I'm like, okay, that this, is cool. I fuck with it, that. It definitely benefits from getting the fuck out of Woodsboro. Okay, I without. I wish the movie had done more of it. Mm. That was my worry too. That there are some cool. There are some definitely cool like. City scenes and like chase sequences and stuff um and there's there's like less of the i don't know so i feel okay well, well i'm trying to think of how to say this without like spoiling stuff mm-hmm. for you guys but so I, I feel like all of the screen movies have been have, have sort of cultural critiques too and, yes uh-huh. and i i I've been thinking about it since i saw it last night i don't really know what this i don't think this movie has that much to say in terms of that um in terms of being meta too, is it is it heavy meta? Yeah, sort of. There's like, I mean, they have the they have the you know scene that every screen movie has where they all break down the rules of uh, okay. they know who they are, mm-hmm. and they, there's a line. This is not really a spoiler where they like the 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 one from the last movie that like broke it down. The like horror fan, she's like, "We're in a fucking franchise now," and it's just oh uh, okay, yeah, yeah it's yeah. self referential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not I. Not in the way that seemed to annoy, I think, people f- from five. Yeah, it was heavy with five. Yeah, and they've. <laughs> they've what did they call it? It was not a, a, a requel. They called it a requel. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they do, the, they, they do go back over the requel and sequel a bit. I hated that. Um, <laughs> a requel. Yeah, they get a nice little dig in at Letterbox users because um, they're all in. They're, I think they're all in film school. In oh, New York. that's right. Oh, um, I like that. That's fun. Um, but yeah, I. It's fine. I I think you should see it. I don't think I liked it more than five. I think I liked it about as much as five, and I'm oh, pretty yeah. 
kind of cool yeah. in five. Let me ask you this then, Daniel. Do you feel like the franchise needs to keep existing? Or does it need to end? I don't know. I mean, I'll go see them. Are they making money? I, they must be making money. Or yeah, they wouldn't have put on another one. I mean, I, I guess I'm not going to cry about it if they don't make any more. But I will go see another one if they do. I, I mean, will say this one's a lot more violent too. Okay, good. And bloody good. And, and gory. Okay, so it's is it R-rated? I believe yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's cool. Um, my, Just when you think about it too though, it's like the rules are the same for all the Scream movies. So this one follows the rules of the Scream movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the self-referential meta um, talk about the rules of the movie. We have a cast of young, attractive, male and female mm-hmm. uh, people who get bumped off sequentially in order only to find out that one of the group of people is actually involved in the thing. Um, we have the the typical ghost face in public it is now that everybody wears ghost face masks because everybody knows who the killers are in the real world because it's meta. So then you have that going on. So essentially what you're having is the same thing that's in every single one of the movies and it's just happening again. So it, yeah. I can understand at one point you're like, I'll go and keep seeing that. I'll still keep going and seeing them. But at what point are they, they've already passed that point where they're not even really making a new movie anymore. Just they're just silly making a movie. At this yeah. point, I was talking to my friend after word and I was like, we were specifically talking about the scene that they have that's present in all of them, like you said, where they go over the rules and they identify like what part they're playing in the current, they're trying to figure out like what movie they're in right now in the, mm-hmm. basically. And like they, they do that in this and they lay out all these rules and they talk about how like this one's going to be different and like, because this is like, I don't, I'm not, I won't get too into it. Um, but, and then the, the movie just doesn't do any of the movie that kind of goes back on like all of that stuff, like at the end, we sort of realized. So I, I just don't really, like it, it's, they were fun. It was fun, but mm-hmm. I don't like, well, I don't know what the point of, what the point is of keeping this going. Yeah. Really. I mean, in, how many legacy characters are left now? Because Nev Campbell's not no longer in it. Did they did they address her not being in the movie, or is she just written out? Of it? Sort of written out of it. They're just like she deserves her happy ending. Like they oh, like God. when once Ghostface like comes back, <laughs> yeah, or is revealed to like be back. Like uh, Courtney Cox's character like has a line. She's like, "Oh, I called Sydney, and she took the family up state." And like, oh, that's and, so cheap when they and do that. Like, and then movies. another character's like, "Yeah, she deserves her happy ending." Oh God, yeah. that's so cheap. <laughs> she didn't deserve the pay that she asked for. Which yeah, is, you know, yeah. but she deserves her. And like, that's cringe as fuck. But at least they address it. I thought they might have done something funny, like kill her off. That's like, cool. I mean, he's just like, I don't know. At some point, like, you can't. So, Courtney Cox is the only stop. surviving member. I'm sure she gets killed. Yeah, because Dewey got carved up last time. Yeah. So, I'm sure Courtney Cox gets killed in this one. I won't say. I mean, it would. They, it's like Han Solo dying in. Okay, do you the, really care, though, if I. No, I said I no, don't No, I don't care if she okay. gets killed off. She gets killed off. Oh, so no, this is exactly what I'm saying. She has a scene, a huge fight with Ghostface that is like cool. Uh-huh. Gets stabbed like in the side, appears to be dead, and then at the very fucking end of the movie, they were like, oh, actually, Gail's like pulling through. Really? Yes. They should have just killed her off and got rid of it. They do least... that with three characters. That's a roll my eyes Three moment. characters that you watch like, this other guy just he's there's always two ghost face you know that, yeah, right? that's uh-huh, not a spoiler yeah, uh-huh. he gets caught by them at some at one point and is literally stabbed like 20 times on each side like they're just holding his arms and like stabbing him uh-huh. in the chest that guy pulls through come on like <laughs> what are we doing yeah and, uh-huh. and after this whole scene where it's like like nobody's safe like legacy characters have to die like we like we could die like nobody no none of the yeah the whole core four in mm-hmm. this movie don't die 
So, uh, so it's kind of, but uh, but uh, more insulting is that they fake you out into thinking they are, and then at the end they're just no. like, uh, I'm still just calling the, the viewers stupid. Yeah, I'm still gonna say it. I'm still gonna say it. I, I well, well, like, sure? like it's fun. I think no, the I kills are fun. A lot of the chase sequences yeah. are cool. It's just like I don't know what what we're doing anymore, or why we're doing it. I don't know. It just like what I don't know what this screen movie is doing that any of the others haven't already done. I guess. It's not doing anything that any of those that, that, that I mean that doesn't that, sound that like that's it. like the point of it like, like it's, no, it's not doing anything five people may have their issues with five but I that like angle that they went with for the mm -hmm. motivation of the ghost faces mm -hmm. I thought it was pretty fun is like at least interesting yeah exactly yeah you're right. I that's another thing I didn't I the reveal of this one the motivation I don't interesting for the, I, I when it happened I was just like oh okay oh uh, okay like well we're at the end I guess <clears throat> I'm still gonna watch it I think I'm still gonna watch it um Chris, if you're at a loose end, we should go see it in the theater. If you're still interested in seeing the theater. Yeah, I'll go see that it. That is after that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I we all know this. We've talked about this. Uh, January, February, March, Wasteland. It's a Wasteland at the theaters every mm -hmm. single year. Um, this year feels particularly harsh. Can I say one more thing I don't yeah. like about It's yeah, sort of present in this, but it was more present in five is like, yeah. uh, what's the main character's name? In the new, the new, the, the new, the new girl. Uh, I I can't remember either. It, well, she's Billy Loomis's daughter. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, but I she like mean, keeps yeah, having she has, like she takes the meds and she keeps having. Yeah, I don't something. like that. I don't like that angle. They they don't end up doing anything with it in this one. Mm -hmm. It's present still, but like I don't, I just, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, because there's none of that shit in earlier movies. We're not yeah. having dream sequences and shit. Like, well, like, I also don't, I don't like the whole like, is it like. Is, is she, she mentally ill? Is yeah. this like a hallucination? Is like, I and I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not cool with the idea of like the serial killer gene being passed on genetically or dumb. some and shit. Then, like, yeah, because also if that's the case, and I'm, I'm taking if she isn't the the antagonist in this movie, they they're keeping her for an arc, like a run. In which case, like the third or the fourth one that they're going to, she's going to have a turn where it's like maybe she is going to become the new ghost face, and but like the ultimate Loomis. Billy Loomis, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. in terms of they're they're doing the groundwork now to prep her for something later on that they're not paying off right now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's not well. I mean, they sort of flirt with that a little bit in this movie. That's right. But, I knew but they just would, end yeah. up like not. They just yeah, don't do anything with it. Yeah. Well, that's Scream Six for everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said though, but it's a bad few months. It's a bad few months at the movie theaters. Not a lot going out. There's I, a couple things. Yeah, but is there anything really inside? With Willem Dafoe. I know, so that came out, and has anybody heard about that movie? No, it came out like three days ago. I know, and I had tickets I for it. I just got tickets on the AMC app just because I was like, okay, Willem Dafoe, new movie, I'm just going to... Yeah. And, I, and it's like, I think it's like a a heist, like a bank robbery kind of thing. And he gets like trapped in, a, in, yes. trapped in there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So anything Dafoe's in, I'm going to watch just because uh, he's one mm -hmm. of the, you know, he's a goat. One yeah. Of the, one of the goats. Um, so... I had tickets for it, but then um, something else came up, and then I forgot that I had tickets. I forgot that I even had tickets. I haven't seen a trailer for it yet. And then my AMC app was like, "Hey, you got to go and see this thing." And I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" But like, so I didn't end up going to see it. <laughs> but um, yesterday I was like, "Okay, let's go see a movie." And what were we gonna go and see? Honestly, my options were like Dungeons and Dragons, which only had one showing at two. It's already out. Uh, yesterday they were showing it at two o'clock in the afternoon. Unless it was an advanced preview screen. I think it was advanced. I think it comes out uh, at the end of the month. You know, oh, okay. I suspect I that they that may movie. be better than people I'm, I'm, are. I'm going to go see it, honestly. Did I'm you guys see yeah, Game Night? 
Uh, yeah, is it the same it's director? The same, it's the same team behind the, from Game Night. Really? I which I, well, I noticed that in the trailer yesterday before Scream, and I was like, oh shit, I care about this now, because Game Night is hilarious. Yes. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, okay. in which case, I just think it looks kind of fun. I like Chris Pine. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I like Chris Pine yeah. uh, a lot too, and yeah, I thought it looks like yeah. you know, it's like goofy fun. Like yeah. I don't expect it to be great or anything, but like finding out that it's those guys uh, made me a little bit more excited for it. Uh, definitely put a new spin on it for me. I'm I'm even more excited now. Um, mm-hmm. so I thought uh, in my head I was like, are they only showing that one showing a day? Like, is it going to bomb that hard? But I guess not. Thank God. Yeah, because on the 29th, later. I believe. Um, yeah. so I didn't really have many options yesterday, and then so I just went to see everything everywhere all at once again because that was the latest showing that they had that was like of all of my options. And I called that night, like I was saying to you guys earlier on before. It was nice to see that movie. It was like it's nice to watch audience reaction to that movie knowing that I know that movie so well now, because, I mean, it feels like it was like a year ago we went to see it for the first time. It feels like it was forever ago. It was around a year ago, yeah. It was around March, February, yeah. March, when it came out last year, wasn't it? It was March. So, wow, wow holy shit, that movie, that's been out. Like, so, yeah, so it was nice to see it again. Didn't warm back up to it, though. If anything, I feel a little colder each time I see that movie. There's noticeable um, Matrix nods in that movie, like... There's Matrix lifts, like straight lifts from the Matrix. And I know that's the point of it. And I know that they've said on record that they were inspired to make it after rewatching the Matrix. And like, I know all of that. But like, there's a part of it where I'm watching it. I'm like, I wish I was watching the Matrix right now. Resurrections. Yeah, Resurrections specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Revol- uh, Re- yeah, Re- Resurrections. And the only other thing I will say about it too. It's a good movie, Chris. No. It is a good not. movie. It's- fucking awful i'll die on that fucking hill yeah, that's a great movie yeah, a great i cannot movie. believe you i will too love die on that, that movie. it's the no i won't go that far wait it's the revelations is the third one resurrection which is the fourth one right yeah resurrection okay fourth. yeah yeah it's the second best matrix movie it is the second best movie. it is it is i think and i say this I as agree. someone who went back and uh watched like re- reloaded. reloaded prior to resurrections uh-huh. and reloaded I think rules now. Oh, I used rules. to hate it. it reloaded, reloaded is awesome. Yeah, uh, reloaded has the best action action set piece of all of them. The the highway chase. Yes. Yeah, that which shit is, is so awesome. Honestly, one of the best action set pieces ever committed to, to cinema, you know like they, film. You know, know they built that. Yeah, that stretch they, they of built road. like a stretch yeah. of like highway specifically to like film that. That movie fucking rules so hard. Well, That's I might the kind have of shit to, Marvel needs to do. Yeah, they right. need to just like build actual sets, but it's also like everything in Atlanta. It's also like. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on with that movie that like is hard. And and talking about that movie or like the Matrix movies in general, that's another thing that disappoints me a little bit about everything everywhere all at once. If I'm being honest, is I do not think the martial arts is now. Obviously, I'm not martial arts expert, but I I've seen a lot of martial arts movies. I do not think that the fighting's as fun as it could be. Now I know that we're dealing with Michelle Yeoh, who's older. We're dealing with a um, Ki Ki Hyun Kwong, mm-hmm. who is not a martial artist and hasn't has a history of doing martial arts movies. But I just wish it was a little more kinetic. Like, but and the Daniels aren't martial arts directors either, so that's incredible. <laughs> 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 um, but so I think like I wish it snapped a little bit more. Like it was a bit more clicky. Um, in terms of that but other than that it's still it's still a good movie it's still it is still a good movie it i understand why it won the oscars i understand why it connected to a lot of people i understand 
the notion that, hey, everybody's very fragmented right now. Nobody understands each other. Everybody's caught up in their own lives. Everybody, like, but really, you know, like, we're all in, like, and hitting it when it did post-pandemic, post-elect, you know what I mean? Just in general, I think, like, I think I understand, like, why a lot of people find hope in that movie and why a lot that spoke to a lot of people who have been feeling very disenfranchised by the the state of the world and i understand all of that i think maybe i've just seen it too many times and i've kind of i've diluted it too much by watching it too many times i recently rewatched nope like three days ago mm-hmm. i rewatched nope and i've seen i saw nope four times at the movie theater i saw everything everywhere all at once four times at the movie theater batman four times I recently rewatched Nope, which is four times in the theater, once at home, and another time at home. It's my sixth viewing of Nope. That movie gets better every single time I see <laughs> it. That movie is a phenomenal. I should have moved Nope higher up my best of 2022 list. I should have done. Nope just keeps getting better. The Batman, I still enjoy. And I've seen that at home a couple of times too. So I don't think that necessarily applies. It could, I think it's part of it, but I do I think it's, no, I don't think it necessarily applies. Like, if it's a really good movie, it doesn't matter how many times it's yes. seen. It can always hit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, hence why. Hit. What? Don't say what? You're going to say The Matrix Revelations? Oh, no, I was just going to say. I saw that. I, was just think, I think everything everywhere is, like, just fine. I don't think it's... It's fine, yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good. It's not fine. It's good. It's a, it's a good... If not, it's a great movie. It's just not... The greatest movie. Yeah, I'd say it's a great movie, and I'm very glad that it won because it's going to create mm-hmm. pathways for more movies that are, different. I don't want to use the word avant-garde, but definitely different and not trying to appeal to a mainstream audience as Precisely. much. Yeah, I love that too. I think that's really good. Weird. Just weird. Yeah, no, and like I'm excited for A24 now that A24 finally have their name <laughs> fully on the map now. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, they did, but they like, this is this. like... That if anything really cements the A24 people rise, still think, it's this. People still think they're a studio and not like a distributor. Yeah, for sure. So like, yeah, I don't know. They've, maybe they will become a studio. Maybe they will. I mean, they're definitely going to have more of a financial backing. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, Everything Everywhere All at Once is the, is the biggest winning Oscar movie of all time. We're talking more than like shit like Ben oh, Hur. Oh, no, it's the most, it's technically the most like awarded. decorated, awarded movie of all time but yeah, there's also more awards like things than there yeah. ever have been so like, but that's yeah, a like big seven deal. awards didn't it that's a big yeah. deal well no i mean like across all Categories. awards like awards season like not just the oscars mm. just like oh okay. well, I like across like golden globes yeah, or, like, or whatever like yeah, all, emmys and all that shit mm-hmm, bafta oh, bafta yeah wow wow yeah that's a big deal though if you're a24 that's a really big mm. deal. oh yeah it's a huge deal it's a big deal wish um, it was for a better movie <laughs> I don't think it's undeserving. I really don't think it's undeserving. No, I, I, I mean, well, I, <laughs> it's just not for me. But I don't think it's undeserving at all. I'm just like, being a bit of a hater. We could, I mean, dude, there's so many worse movies came out than that last year. Yeah, like, but there are a bunch of better ones too. <laughs> yep, in my I opinion, with that. I, I'll, I'll agree with that for sure. And I just think I wish that I said this elsewhere, but I, I wish the people that were so passionate about that movie channeled that energy into going and watching other movies. Yeah. Instead of just like, Oh yeah. Getting on the obsessing over this one. Or getting in the, yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. And like, and I don't mean that I really don't mean it in like a, a mean or condescending way, but like, I just, I don't know. I just think people should watch more movies. If that movie is like the best movie of all time to them. I rewatched Goodfellas at the weekend. I've never, I've never seen it. Well, Belcourt was showing it and I couldn't get to the Belcourt screen. Oh. So I just rewatched it. 
Uh, I rented it on the like the HD remaster, the re remaster, whatever. It's there for two more days, Chris. Yeah, <sighs> I got a life. You've never seen Goodfellas, did you say? Yeah, I've never seen it. Oh, interesting because the person I watch it with had never seen it either. Wait, no, I did watch it. I watched it in the eight days that I had my nose surgery on oh, so painkillers. Kind of, yeah, so because it's about Ray Liotta, right? Yes, and he like grows up. Yep, and mm -hmm. he's mentored yep. by Robert mm -hmm. De Niro. Yep. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> okay, good. Um, <laughs> I don't remember it, but I've seen it. I'm going to say I got bored at the end of that movie. Really? And I've seen Goodfellas, like, I've seen, well, like, probably, I don't know, like 15 times. Um, what do you think that's? Growing up all through my life. And I love the movie. I think the, the opening, the opening, like, third of the movie is, like, like incredible. Mm -hmm. When it got to the end and we started going through the, the his gradual decline and then, obviously, as the drugs kicked in and then um, when they do that Lufthansa thing and, and everybody gets super paranoid and, and basically towards the downfall, which I know is part of the arc of the movie, I was kind of a little bored. I was like, this is a little long, hmm. um, which is weird because I've never felt that before for that movie ever. Hmm. And I recently rewatched Casino and I love Casino and Casino has the same rise and fall too. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, it just wasn't clicking with me when I watched it the weekend. It's really weird. I never thought I'd say I think that. A lot of his, uh, those, like his, I guess his mafia movies or whatever, I feel like have that sort of structure. Oh, yeah. Totally. Where like, yeah. The last third is just like, like the Irishman is like that. Yeah. I, think, no, totally. I mean, I, I love yeah. the Irishman, but it, the last mm -hmm. third of that is really slow, but also just like really brutal. Mm -hmm. I mean, The Departed in a way has that too. Love The Departed. Yeah. It's a remake, though, isn't it? Have you seen the original? Mm mm. It's really good. It's heard. really good. Infernal Affairs. Mm -hmm. There's a trilogy, a really, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a really good scene in the first. I haven't seen it a long time, but I saw it before I saw The Departed, obviously, because I, I, I rented it somewhere and I was like, thought I was uh, really cool because I was watching foreign cinema. Um, but there's a really cool scene in Infernal Affairs, and correct me if I'm wrong, but so in The Departed, you basically have um, Matt Damon who is working as a, he's undercover as a criminal, but mm -hmm. he's a cop. And then on the flip side, you have DiCaprio, who is undercover as a criminal, who is a cop, okay? So you have the 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 the, the tandem storylines of these two and the deception of both these two, right? Mm -hmm. There's a really cool scene in Infernal Affairs where they both go in to the police uh, district of, like, whatever it is, like the police station. Yeah. And then all the gangsters come in and then all the cops come in and they all sit down and they're both looking at each other. Nobody knows who's, who, who's like, and it's, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember it being like a really, really epically cool scene. And they don't do that in Scorsese. Mm -hmm. didn't do that in The Departed. Like he didn't lift that, which I always think, I wonder why he didn't. I think I need to rewatch that movie just to try and like piece it in my, but I always, it always bothered me how he never took that scene. Cause I'm like, that scene's incredible. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know why he didn't do it, but it's a part a great movie. And I think Jack Nicholson is incredible in that movie. And you, did you know that he considered Ray Liotta, I guess for Jack Nicholson's role in the departed? Yeah. I think uh, that no. could have worked. I, I don't think he's got Nicholson's chops though. You don't think so? No, I like Liotta, but I don't think he has the chops. I could see him doing it. I don't know. I don't know. I could see him pulling it off. Ray Liotta's smooth, and Jack Nicholson definitely more rugged and has more of a, like a manic energy. Yeah, yeah, unpredictable. Yeah, totally. I think that's what Shifty. it is. That's the word I wanted to use earlier when we were talking about. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, um, Jonathan Majors' portrayal mm -hmm. of Dame. He's yeah, shifty. He's character. shifty. Got out yeah. of jail, looking around. Yeah, totally. Shifty. Always moving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Always moving. Looking around his back and making sure he's safe. 
Yeah, he does that thing where he spins around a lot, Majors, mm -hmm. where he's kind of like, you'll spin around when he's walking around. That could be a prison thing, though. It's like I think so. watching your back, making sure mm -hmm. you see who's running. That's how I took it. Dude, that's so cool. Okay, we're gonna keep, we can't keep talking about Creed 3. Anything else we want to talk about, guys? Recommendations? Anything coming up? Because um, we're going to wrap it. I want to know when we're getting our tickets for 65. <laughs> oh, that's that's in theaters. Right There's now. also a new Guy is. Ritchie film out. Yeah, Operation uh, Fortune. Fortune. Yeah, yeah, with Aubrey Plaza, the, the Josh Hartnett. I Whoa, know, there's a bunch of people in it. Josh Hartnett's back. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a really weird cast. Yeah, it's really weird. It's yeah. a really random cast. It's come out. It's already out. God, there is nothing in, in theaters right now. Shazam. Yep, the new Shazam came out. Um, what opens this weekend? I'll probably go see it, just to go see it. I think something fun opens this weekend. Oh, John Wick. Doesn't it? John Wick open yeah, this weekend? John Wick. Which, will you tell me, is like three and a half hours long? It's like three hours, but it's getting really good reviews. Two yeah. hour, well, two hours and 49 minutes, which is longer than I would like a John Wick movie to be. Uh, it's longer than any action movie should be. I don't be, know really. if I have the wick for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's getting good word of mouth. Yeah. All right then. All right. I mean, from people I follow on Twitter, uh -huh. but so Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Keanu Reeves. Uh, uh, no, there's some good stuff coming down the pipeline. Yeah, the John Wick. I won't say Dungeons and Dragons is gonna be good, but I'll see it. It'll be fun. Mario Brothers. That's gonna be. Uh, yeah, soon. I'm yeah. starting to allow myself to think that that might actually be good. I think it looks pretty fun. If I'm being honest, um, I'm pretty interested fun. in the 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 um Air Jordan. Uh, oh yes uh -huh. with Affleck with uh, Ben Affleck yeah I'm interested in that and too and a ton of other people uh huh Renfield looks like trash Renfield looks terrible it does what about smaller films we're only talking about like mainstream ones like, uh, because I don't think anything small's dropping soon Ennis Min oh yeah horror. I do want to see that it's like a British horror movie and then uh, Return to Soul that's out this week Oh yeah, yeah, at the Belcourt. Mm -hmm. It's like a little okay. indie movie that I want to check out. But oh, let's see, and then Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Evil Dead Rise. I'm excited for that too. Okay, well, I mean, let's wrap it for the evening, yeah. gentlemen. Thanks again, Chris. Thanks again, Daniel. Of um, course, mm -hmm. we will return to regular programming at some point once we get to a point where everybody is actively collectively seeing movies together again uh because right now it's very fractured it'll be like one of us will see a movie the other one sees a different movie the other one has seen there's not a lot of crossover in our movie watching right now i feel like and i think that's just because of the time of year yeah. and like just things popping off so we'll continue to cover movies where we can and cover new movies like we're doing right now but obviously as soon as we get back to something unifying where all of us like need to go and see it all of us want to be a part of the conversation mm -hmm. regarding it mm -hmm. we will get back to our long form standard style movies last night episodes so look forward to that and thank you uh for listening and if you made it this far through it's very appreciated that you like to like it's look at it it's like we're just friends hanging out talking about movies because that's all we're doing so thanks to listeners chris daniel um and everybody involved in movies last night we hope you have a very pleasant day afternoon morning whatever you're going to be doing we hope it's great and um yeah when summertime is around the corner we're heading into spring Things are looking up, so... Yeah. yeah. And Donald Trump's getting arrested tomorrow, so... According to him. According to him? I thought, right? I thought it was according to him. Oh, I don't know. I know there's like... I thought he was the one. He, he I think he went on like a 
huge rant on like saying he was going to get arrested talking about how he was going to be arrested on tuesday oh really yeah (laughs) i thought it was interested like how they were like donald trump's getting arrested tomorrow i was like how does that work like did they just Uh, schedule in a time to arrest you when you're that famous tuesdays are the best time to get day to get arrested I guess. Yeah. He'll probably meet them at McDonald's. So tomorrow like, potentially has the p- potentially has the potential <laughs> to <laughs> be the funniest day of all time. If he actually gets arrested. We'll see. We'll see. I'm kind of a Okay, we'll we'll keep you posted on the next episode of Movies Last Night. What's <laughs> yeah. going on with the Donald Trump arrest uh, situation? <laughs> next episode, we're talking Shazam two and did Donald Trump get arrested? Okay, perfect. Oh my god! Put it in the books, guys. <laughs> right. Let's book it. Okay, see you guys soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.